This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Yeah, normally we fall at the final hurdle or we, we have the glorious failure. Listen, I thought that the reaction, you take, take out the, the game, I thought we were the better team in the game, I thought we deserved to be in front. We, we just couldn't get the second goal that would kill them off and obviously conceding late from a set play when they, they risk everything, they throw everybody in the box. It was a big setback for the character. You have to be so proud of the players, the way they re- responded to that, because that was a sore one. Really close to where we wanted to be. The reaction was to dig in an extra time. We managed to do that. We got to penalties and, and we produced a game from a penalty spot. So, listen, it's a magnificent night for everybody in Scotland. We said we'd try and put a smile back on the face. I hope they all I hope they enjoyed the game, the tension of the game. I hope they enjoyed the moment as much as we did here and and yeah, they can smile tomorrow. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. That was Steve Clark. Oh yeah, there are many smiling Scottish faces today around the world. Why, even the reclusive Stuart Cavens has popped up on our WhatsApp chat group, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, it's the international break, and you're with me, Ross, and the guys. The guys being Craig Marias. Hello, Craig. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, Bob Holmes is here as usual. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. That caps and, a good week, didn't it? Yeah, good week indeed. And joining us for second time this week, Des Corkill. What a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And I think we'll see today why international football does matter. <laughs> He's changed his tune. <laughs> Tweet at BFM Radio. You can find us all individually on Twitter. I've just found out that Bob's changed his handle to at Shanks, Yanks, and Yerg. So look out for that. Um, no, no, and straight. Oh, Shanks, Shanks Yanks, Yerg. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'll find him. I'll find him. Or you can also follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And we have a YouTube channel up and running. It is TFIF on video. Right, we heard Steve Clark, the Scotland manager. At the start, uh, the Scots end a 23-year wait, an agonizing 23-year wait to reach a major tournament. I'm so happy. For everybody, we all know loads of Scottish football fans and Des Corkill, how important is this for Scotland? Uh, for Scottish fans, it's great. And that's why I say this is the value of international football. Um, they're celebrating. They're enjoying the moment. They've got there with five wins, five defeats and two penalty shootouts, but they're there. Um, and it, it, it gives fans around the, 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 the globe, jock fans, uh, and, and we'll talk about other fans as well, a chance to celebrate, a chance to actually be very proud of what their team has achieved. And that's the importance of international football. doesn't make the money. It's nowhere near as glamorous. But for those players wearing the blue of Scotland yesterday, I promise you there's no prouder people in the world this morning. It, it's no mean feat going to Serbia. Serbia are, are packed, chock full of stars, aren't they, Bob? And, you know, yeah. when, when they equalised, you thought, uh-oh, hang on. And then even when Mitrovic stepped up to take that last penalty, <laughs> you still thought, uh-oh, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, there was a bit of hope with Mitrovic. He missed one for Fulham, didn't he, uh, a couple of yeah. weeks ago, and he's been having a bit of a bad trot. Um, but, uh, no, it was absolutely great. And, uh, you know, long, long overdue. I mean, Scotland had never gone anywhere near that long without qualifying for a major tournament before. I mean, they used to regard themselves as a, a major nation in football a long time ago. 
Um, so it's a, a measure of their decline. But you see good players in there, and it's not a fluke. It doesn't sound very impressive, the way they've staggered through with penalty shootouts and all that. But Argentina got to the final of a World Cup rather like that, uh, never scoring more than one goal. But they did have a certain Maradona in the team. Um, no, all, all credit to Steve Clark and the boys. I mean, it was great. They've got some very good players. Uh, Andy Robertson actually had the chance to, to bury the, the result, didn't he? Um, and embarrassingly missed. But um, he'll feel a lot better about that now. And uh, they've got, you know, Tierney of Arsenal, uh, Robertson, McTominay of Manchester United. I mean, they're no longer scraping the barrel as they were a few years ago, you know, getting guys from the third division and Scottish second division and this sort of thing. So there's been a, a steady improvement and they've got a very sound manager in Steve Clark, yeah. who, who proved himself in the Premier League under Jose Mourinho. Um, I mean, he knows his stuff. So great news, great news, and they're in England's group. Yeah. So that's a added we'll, we'll, bit of we'll come spice. to that in it. We'll come to that in a sec. But um, Craig, this this new Scotland side, I thought Lyndon Dykes, the Aussie stroke yeah. Scotsman, uh, put in a grueling shift. He ran everywhere. He, he he contested for every header. I mean, that's so nice to to, to see, right? Yeah, I mean, he's only recently come into the Scottish fold. Um, and it gives them a bit of uh, presence up front. I think, you know, with Scotland, you know, you talk about the lack of, of, of quality players and everything, um, but they make up for it. You know, you need a bit of heart. Um, you know, they run their socks to the ground. And I think Lyndon Dykes, you know, really puts in a shift every every time he plays. Um, you know, I like I, I like Steve Clark. you know, uh, as Bob said, you know, he worked under some really good managers. Um, I thought he was unlucky at some of the, the clubs he was at. Um, but, you know, now he's got a role. Um, I think, you know, with, with the Scottish role, while there is always that little bit of pressure um, because of, you know, results and, and whatever's happened over the last few years, there wasn't so much pressure going into that job compared to those club jobs that he took uh, previously. Um, so I thought it was a really good appointment uh, uh, from, from Scotland um, and a good choice for him to take it. Um, but I like this new wave of, of Scottish players coming through. You're slowly seeing you know, a good core, you know, where, where I think it was Des that said, you know, you're getting, you know, a few years back, you know, they're getting the lower leagues and, you know, not lower leagues as such, but um, you're talking about, you know, League One Championship and, and those kind of players that you're trying to make up the squad. But now if you look through that team, you know, you've got some some really good players. I mean, Andy Robertson's arguably the best, you know, left back in Europe. Uh, you know, Scott McTominay plays for uh, plays for Man United. You know, play, he played centre-back yesterday. He was part of the three, so... I mean, there is some versatility to it. John McGinn, you know, uh, you know, plays for Aston Villa. You know, they're on, you know, fantastic run of form right now. Um, so, so you've got, you know, a good core of players. I mean, there are obviously some positions which, you know, you need better quality. I mean, I know uh, Marshall ended up saving the penalty, but, you know, you know, for the future, they, they obviously need to improve in certain areas. But, you know, even with the under-21s that are coming through, mm. um, you know, they, they, I think they got a tall draw yesterday with Croatia uh, under-21s. You know, so so that's a really good. Um, you know, it's going in the right direction. Don't forget, you have got Billy Moore, uh, Gilmore at Chelsea. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Fantastic good talent. Yeah, he's good enough to he's good enough to step up to you know to to the senior team. But he, he's currently playing for the under twenty ones. So so there he is a good... on the pitch. He only stayed on eight minutes yesterday. <laughs> he got sent off. <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, he plays he played for the under twenty ones. But I mean, he's another quality player playing at a top level club. 
where else they used to be going down, you know, Championship League One. Um, so, so you've got a good uh, crop of youngsters coming through as well. There, there were a couple of uh, young ones as well, which uh, the, the danger, and I was having this, this discussion during the match uh, when I was watching the England Island match, the only, um, the, the only problem is, is if they have a little bit uh, mixed heritage. If they have a little bit of mixed heritage and, you know, they do well and, you know, there's a, there's a chance that England could come into the mix, um, that's where the problem lies. You know, and we've seen that with Ireland um, yesterday, obviously. Um, you know, well, Grealish Rice, played for Jeff Ireland under 21, didn't he? Well, so so did Declan Rice, so yeah. did Michael Keane. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if they have a small chance of playing for England and they do really well with their clubs, you know, there's always that danger it could be, be ripped away uh, with the younger ones. So, uh, but, but Scotland, as they are, I mean, Bob mentioned earlier, they're in England's group, Des. Now, that, that brings back memories for yeah. the slightly older <laughs> football fans because every year that used to happen the the british championship and i remember watching that i remember the scots tearing up wembley and taking goalposts home and stuff <laughs> <laughs> well, so f- firstly a quick quick re- uh, reference back to yesterday's game it was a very scottish way to do it conceding a goal in the last minute and then going <laughs> and getting the penalty. So, so they, they do give palpitations all around. But yeah, this used to be one of the big occasions, the biggest occasion back in 1967 when Scotland beat England 3-2. They claimed the crown of world champions because England were world champions. <laughs> Scotland beat them. Uh, and 77, of course, was the, the infamous uh, raiding of Wembley. I, I went to Hampden on a couple of times, um, kept my, my head very, very low, but to watch uh, <laughs> uh, a, a couple of big occasions. And, and the Scots get righty, right up for these events. Even recently, there's been a couple of really good games. There was a two-all when um, uh, uh, Griffith scored a couple of great goals in a, in a, a recent, what was it? Was it was a Euro, uh, Euro, was it World Cup qualifier? Euro qualifier? Tell you what, they, they just blur on. Yeah, the, Scots yeah. take, the Scots take these games very, very seriously. And uh, now they're in the finals, they're going to enjoy it. Just, just ask any Scot. Just ask do you reckon, Bob? Do you, do you reckon they're going to cause England problems? I, I've got this sneaky suspicion They'll lose the other two games, but they'll get a result against England, won't they? Yeah, yeah, quite possible. A very Scottish way of doing things. <laughs> it's a too. very Scottish way of doing it. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it, the last uh, round of internationals, the uh, England players were seen cheering Scotland uh, in their game against Israel. And it just illustrates the, the different attitude uh, that the countries have towards each other. Um, you know, England is, is the big brother, of course, in terms of population and many things. But And Scotland is, you'd never see Scotland players cheering England. Absolutely never. It would never happen. Hell will freeze over before that happens. But England players cheering Scotland is a different matter. And they did it. And they, because they're mates and you know, they often play in the same team and all that. So there is a, a genuine uh, happiness about Scotland being there. And it, it should be a great occasion, especially if it's at Wembley, which it yeah. should be. Yeah, good point. Given, if, fans uh, allowed, of course, if, there's fans if the fans are allowed, if there's a vaccine and all that, there's a lot of imponderables before that. But what a way to get football back, England and Scotland at Wembley before a crowd. I yeah. couldn't think of any any better way quite quite honestly well well Scot- one more thing yeah i'd just like to mention did you notice that david marshall after the save for a second or two didn't yeah. celebrate because he and he was on 
he, he wasn't sure whether the goal, whether the yeah, save yeah. would be allowed yeah. because he feared he might have stepped over the line and was looking at the referee, but the referee signaled that he was, it was all right. But this oh, raises Bob. the... Sorry, Bob, I, I looked at that and, I, and he actually came off his line. And I, I actually thought that it would it would be pulled back. Well, that's why he was worried, but the yeah. ref didn't give it. But can yeah. you imagine in that moment where the Scottish cavalry charge of players was yeah. well on its way to picking him up and making him the hero? Can you imagine if that had been uh, disallowed? That's say the save. I think that's the first and a, example. In a retake. That could be the I first mean, example that, of, of VAR actually frightened. Of Scottish people well, in general. Yeah. But, it would but have been unthinkable, wouldn't it? Here, here's a question. Was VAR a play yesterday? No. It wasn't. No, no. no so, it was um, the goal line, goal line technology. Yeah. So what you have there is you have the referees in charge yeah. of the game. Yeah. And that is good. That is perfect. Yeah, but I will say this, Des. In the, it, modern, in the modern way that they brought uh, VAR in, they are sucking the enjoyment. They are yeah. sucking the moments out of it. If it's an infinitesimal move, not, not a problem. But if you've got these idiots who are going, oh, he's moved one billionth of an inch off the line. We must destroy the game. Then I've <laughs> yeah. got a big problem. I mean, if you, follow, if you follow the rules and, and you watch that, that winning uh, save back, um, he does come off the line. It, yeah. And it, the Premier League, that's that's a no-go. I mean, it would have been uh, called back. So that's why, um, you know, he was hesitant uh, to celebrate. But the best thing was the, the commentator thought he was actually, um, he wasn't sure if he won or not. Um, so, like, he miscalculated the whole penalty situation. Uh, and that's why he wasn't celebrating. But that, that, Scottish, <laughs> that Scottish charge was was something, you know. You could see the passion in, in you know, all, all the plays there. And, yeah, it's been a while. It, yeah. It's going to be good for Brilliant stuff. Well done to Scotland. Unfortunately, Northern Ireland won't be there. Uh, they went down uh, 2-1 against Slovakia. Um, it ended at uh, Windsor Park in heartbreak. Uh, Northern Ireland, are, are this, they, they've been punching above their weight, Des Corkill. That's a fair comment. It's a fair comment. You, you, you look at their squad, you, you, you just go through the names. And honestly, <laughs> I'm going, who? Where? <laughs> uh, I, I really, I, I think I, I think I know a little bit about football, and I'm, I'm just searching for where they are getting their players from. But, but you put a put a group of players together, and uh, you give them uh, a, a, a game plan to work towards, and they were very disciplined. Uh, they conceded another late goal. It's a very Irish way. Maybe it's a very uh, a Celtic way of, of behaving. Concede, can, oh, no, they, they scored the, the, they got the late equaliser, didn't they? So leave it late and then go out in, um, uh, in heartbreak. But I, I tell if Ireland get there, that's brilliant. If, if Ireland were to make it, that's superb. For Slovakia, this is something to celebrate. And yeah. this is why international football counts. Yeah. Worth mentioning, I think, is the fact that there were a thousand people there. Yeah, and they made crazy. a racket. They made a racket for ten thousand. <laughs> so it shows that if they if they could just let a few in, I mean, they they don't don't have to. Doesn't even have to be half or anywhere near half full. Thousand people yeah. can make a noise, and yeah. that would change things. Well said. Uh, so really, it was a, it was very good to see that. All right. Elsewhere, uh, Hungary are uh, at the Euro 2020s. They beat Iceland two one. 
scored twice in the last two minutes to complete a stunning win. Uh, Georgia nil, North Macedonia won. North Macedonia became North Macedonia uh, only in, what, 2019? They, they were Macedonia before that. I never knew they were called North Macedonia now. But anyway, they're at the Euros as well. So congratulations to everybody there. We're taking a break. We'll come back and talk about that England friendly next. Has come up with something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. It's the international break. Woohoo! Craig Marias, Bob Holmes and Des Corkill joining me to look back at the England friendly at Wembley um, Thursday night, Friday morning. It was England 3, Republic of Ireland 0. Um, it was the second string England side, Craig Marias. But they were still very impressive. Lots of positives to, for, for Southgate to take out of that game. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like, like you said, you know, England, it wasn't their strongest 11. Uh, they were missing a few players. But in saying that, so were Ireland. Um, it was convincing. You know, I, I watched the match. Uh, I got up for it. And, and it was a dominating performance. Dominated possession. You know, Ireland, Nick Pope in goal, uh, making a start. Uh, rare start, uh, I should say, um, literally didn't have anything to do. I think he had one shot in the second half uh, where, you know, he really had to dive. But other than that, he, he had a clean jersey on. Um, it, it was just so convincing. I, I was actually quite disappointed because I woke up at 4 a.m. expecting a tougher test um, and a decent encounter. Um, and, and it was just, you know, England were just far superior. Um, and I go back to what I say, you know, about, um, um, you know, not not nicking players, but if you have the slightest small chance of playing for England, you know, you take the best players. I mean, imagine the Irish squad with, with Michael Keaton at the back, with, with Jack Grealish, with Declan Rice in midfield, you know, it would have been much more of a um much more of a fight. But obviously I'm not complaining. Um uh but yeah, it, it was convincing. It was good to see Jude Bellingham come on. Yeah. Um 17 year old uh, at Dortmund now. Uh he came on for a few minutes, uh, didn't have enough time to really uh impose himself on the match. Uh, Calvert-Lewin again, Dominic Calvert-Lewin getting a goal, fantastic penalty in the top corner. Um, so, you know, he's really proving that, you know, if there was something to uh, happen to Harry Kane, Touchwood, it doesn't. Uh, but if so, in major competitions, he can step up. You know, I really feel, you know, compared to a lot of the strikers that we have, um, you know, your Callum Wilson, your Danny Ings, you know, Rashford can play up there or whatever. He, he is the best option in, in terms of, you know, he's he's got a little bit of, of everything about him. You know, mm. he's big, he's strong, mm. he's fantastic in the air. Um, he's a presence, uh, but he can run the channels. He's quick, um, and he can finish. You know, he's 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 really near uh, the complete package when you're looking for a, for for a striker. So um, I, I like that. I like him in the squad. Um, I think he's going to be fantastic for for England. But Jaden Sancho scored a fantastic solo goal as well. Um, and one of the men, uh, one of the players of the match was. Um, Jack Grealish can't go yeah. without saying him. Yeah. Fantastic talent. Yeah, Jack, Jack Grealish. Um, he's got to figure more for, for England. But at the back, Bob, do, do you reckon that the, the pairing of Maguire and Keane, is that England's strongest centre-back pairing, you reckon? Uh, I would say uh, Mings, actually, for me. Um, uh, as uh, they, they played last night, uh, Maguire and Mings. Um, good to see Maguire 
getting a goal uh, as captain. I mean, uh, we've had a lot of fun at his expense uh, in the last few weeks. Um, I mean, he was a bit of an idiot and he, he brought a lot of it on himself. But I think enough is enough. Um, he's suffered. He's really paid the price for that. And, uh, uh, you know, it's good to see that he's actually come through it. I was one of those who thought he could have done with a rest, both from England and Manchester United. But he's gone the other way. He's played through it, uh, not altogether successfully. I mean, he ended up with a red card, didn't he? Seemed to make things worse. But he's stuck at it, and all credit to him. He's not the greatest centre-back we've ever had, but I think he's probably the best we have at the moment. And uh, good to see that he got a goal there. I think also worth mentioning is that uh, the supposed rivals for the midfield positions, uh, Jack Grealish and Mason Mount, can actually play together. Mm. Un unlike a certain uh, Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard in the past. <laughs> um, but they did seem to... They did seem to play a uh, combined. Yeah, a bit different, a bit different. But there was because, um, a lot of publicity in the press yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. then it was built up. It was probably nothing. But the press were trying to build a rivalry before the game. But they did seem to to uh, work together. So it's just gonna, now, yeah. with Will Southgate pick Grealish for the Belgium game? Yeah. That is the big yeah. question. Yep. Uh, so I'm just going to touch on that with, with Mason Mount. It was good to see him playing as an eight, as a central midfielder. Mm. Um, I think with Chelsea, we've seen him play a lot more advanced uh, in the 10 or off the, off the wing. Uh, but he really showed that he can, you know, at that level, he can, he can also play as a central midfielder, uh, which shows good versatility. I thought he had a yeah. good game. Re really good, really good. Uh, young England, looking exciting. For the Irish, Des, do you reckon it's time to call recall Robbie Keane? Back into the fall. <laughs> and I'll quit while you're at it. No, but well, I, 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 I can't leave, leave England without uh, mentioning the Joe Gomez situation. So having yeah, but yeah, I, I, I forgot really about important. that. Um, he collapsed, yeah. didn't he? According to Nick Pope, if you listen to Nick Pope's uh, accounts, he literally collapsed with nobody around him. So we're looking now at workload, aren't we? Well, so yeah, I, 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 you've you've heard my views on this. I'm a bit of a cynic, but the, the facts are conspiring against me. Um, for, for the international games, I really get it when they're competitive. I really get it when, when, when they, uh, there is something on it. So I'm thrilled for Scotland. I'm thrilled that the Irish had a chance to make it to a big occasion. Uh, I understand why England are playing. Um, but it does, it does bring back the old club versus country thing. Because Liverpool are now shown of a, a, a centre-back, not just for a short time, but for a long time. Now, whether or not it was on England duty, might have happened on, on, on uh, Liverpool duty, but it happened on England duty. You be, do begin to wonder what is the compensation element in this and how you actually make a compensation claim if, 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 if it is relevant. And uh, it does open that thorny question because club football, as we know, is a business. And very much, uh, I, I like the fact that um, teams go out and play international football. I just wish Liverpool players pulled out of more games. Because um, I, I don't really care about England. I'm delighted for, Not a selfish delighted point for, of view at all. Delighted for Andy Robertson. But but that's the whole point. Everything yeah, yeah, is yeah, about self-interest. Self-interest is what it's all about. And it, it just it it will not help the club versus country battle. The fact that Joe Gomez is out for the best part of the season. Yeah, that, no, that, it won't help. Sorry, Bob. It won't help Liverpool either, will it? Well, I mean, uh, I yeah, can't remember. I mean, you know. I go back a long way, as everyone knows, and I cannot remember 
a club having three players, three international top-class players in the same position, uh, breaking down for season-ending or very long injury periods. I can never recall it. It's uncanny. I mean, you had Van Dijk, and then it looked as if Fabinho could do a pretty good job replacing him. Then he goes down, mm. and then Joe Gomez, Matip comes back. They make a decent fist of it, and then Gomez is out for most of the season. It is unbelievable, and it could tilt the balance in the title race. Yeah. And then get, getting back to Dez's point, big bucks at stake there. You know, I mean, you can't really blame England when the, the injury occurred yeah. with no one within yards of Gomez. But the fact that they were preparing for a friendly match is the issue here. The Should that friendly have been played? It was originally scheduled to be against New Zealand. Now, New Zealand, okay, most of their players are, are in Europe anyway, but still, they had to, some of them had to fly. They cancelled. Wisely, they cancelled. So England hastily rearranged this game at the last minute. Now, I, I think that's wrong. And they're playing Belgium in a vital game on Sunday. Mm. I, I don't. I don't think that's right. That they should really cram in these fixtures at this point in time. Yeah, that's weird because the Nations League is supposed to be the friendly that they all are, are playing. Instead, they're getting a friendly uh, arranged before the friendlies, which is weird. But all right, quick word about uh, Wales USA <laughs> that ended nil nil, Craig Marais. But a look at this US team, right? Twenty one point seven one years old. That's the average age of this U.S. team. That's a genial dest at left back. They got Jill yeah. Rayner up front. Pulisic wasn't part of the, the team because he's, he's out injured. But injured. it's a young and, and they look quite good, don't they? Yeah, you're forgetting uh, City's keeper, Zach Stefan. That's uh, right. He yeah. played in goal. Yeah. Uh, you got Tyler Adams um, as, as well. You got um, a kid and, and the... for Juve as well. Yeah, uh, Will McKenzie. Yeah. McKenzie, Scottish yeah, kid, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but the, but then up front you've got the Barcelona youngster, which not a lot of people know about, um, and he's a very exciting talent. Um, he's tipped to break into the into the first team. Uh, Con Conrad Lafuente, I think his name is. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't exactly know how he qualifies for um, for, for USA. <laughs> um, but, but he's a he's a big talent. Um, so yeah, I think I think uh, we've always known the USA are good sportsmen. You know, regardless of, of which sport it is, they, they've got great athletic ability. Um, and, and I think something like this, um, a good crop of, of players coming through has been coming for a while. You know, you, we've seen it sporadically uh, with a few players here and there um, over the years, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we always mentioned, you know, the size of the country and the amount of, of kids that play football and everything like that. Uh, but now we're starting to see some of these younger kids play for top, top teams. I mean, you're talking about Juve, Dortmund, Barcelona, yeah. uh, City, you know, they're, they're the top big European teams. Um, and it can only be good for, for American football, you know, um, the MLS, whatever you want to say about it, uh, with European players going over there, um, they still churn out very good young players. Um, and and this, is, this is somewhere where, I mean, I'm going to use um, uh, Alfonso Davies. I know he's Canadian, but, you know, from the MLS as well. So, so there are eyes from the big, uh, the big European clubs looking over uh, the Atlantic, looking at them, um, and, and it's only good. I think, I think USA in a few few years' time, um, you know, could, could could be onto something. Yeah, if if they manage to keep this 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 team together and they all go on the on the path that we think they are, 
um, yeah, they, they could be a, a real threat. Brilliant. Just stuff. right for when they stage the World Cup then. <laughs> yeah. 2026. It's all about well, the timing. I, I think that might be a little bit too soon. All right. <laughs> We're taking a break here. Uh, stay tuned. Back with uh, a lot more right after this. We wondered if he'd make a difference. So he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Back with Craig Marais, Bob Holmes and Des Corkill during this international break. You can tweet at BFM Radio. You can also follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel up. It is TFIF on video. Check it out. Give us a follow. Thank you very much. Uh, Nations League happening over the weekend. Uh, let's go through the Group A ties. The big boys are all grouped in uh, Groups A to F- A1 to A4. On uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, 3.45 a.m. from Group A3, Portugal take on France. Uh, in midweek on Wednesday, it was a shock 2-0 home defeat. For the French against Finland, Portugal, on the other hand, beat Andorra 7-0. Ronaldo, surprisingly, only got one of the seven. Uh, Des Corkill, on paper, this one looks like a goal fest. But in reality, how do you think this will turn out? Uh, Proper reason for international football. Uh, France on the back of a 2-0 defeat against Finland, who've improved dramatically over the last uh, two or three years. Um, how seriously will they take it? I know Portugal take their international football very seriously. Ronaldo is after that world record of Ali Dai. So I think he is going to carry on keeping those ice baths until he, he gets that record. He will inspire and provoke and they will take this one very, very seriously, I, I think. Uh, the French, how seriously are they going to take this? Well, Didier Deschamps um, says he, he's, he's taking it seriously, but we'll, we'll see. I, I, I just think motivation on this one is is more for portugal because i think they've got more to uh, more to prove because despite them winning the euros a few years back people don't still really take portugal seriously on yeah. international football i think and so yeah, they yeah. always seem to have something to prove all right okay um just looking back further into that 2-0 finland home defeat for the french craig um Reading reports and even looking at the highlights, Pogba did nothing except point to people where he wanted the ball passed to. Not himself. He never called for the ball. He was uh, tugged off by by, uh, Didier Deschamps halfway through the game. He didn't cover himself in glory. And in fact, you can say that for a lot of French players that night as well. Yeah, um, you got to remember, France didn't exactly play their full strength squad as well. Um, th- th- there were a lot of uh, players that did play, but in saying that, still a strong enough uh, team out there to, to beat the likes of Finland. Um, yeah, it- it's a weird one. You know, they go into this um, this uh, th- this match against Portugal. You know, it's not easy. They're second in the group. Yeah, it's all difference, but you know, they they're, they're level on points on on ten. Um, but Portugal ha- have transformed. You know, they're, they're they're not an easy team. You know, you're talking about. Some of the best teams in Europe, they're, they're right up there. Um, they, they've got a good squad of players now, um, good depth, with, which I think they lacked before. Um, um, and now they struggle. I mean, you look at their bench and you're like, well, how's he on the bench? Um, it, I mean, it's that strong. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I think France will struggle here. Um, I, I've actually, you know, for the last few years, obviously they've, they've been far, um, by far the best team in, in the world. Um, and as well, when we talk about depth, they, they've got that in abundance. Talk about youth teams, they've, they've got fantastic talent coming through. Um, but you can never stay on top for that long. And, and I think, you know, after having that really successful period, um, I think, you know, over the next couple of years, we might see, you know, some of those players in that team as well declining um, mm. because yeah, of age yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, things yeah. like that. But um, I, I like this Portugal side. I think they've got a good young blend coming through. Um, and uh, I think they'll beat Frontier. I believe for the first time ever, this Portuguese squad does not contain any Benfica or Sporting Lisbon players. That's because they, they all play for Wolves. Wolves players. Yeah, they all play for Wolves. That's right. Um, Bob, I want to ask you this. Cristiano Ronaldo has done for Portugal what Leo Messi cannot do or has failed to so far for Argentina. Ronaldo literally scores winners, carries them. He's the captain. Um, does that make him more of a goat in your eyes? Well, he beats uh, Messi hands down when you look at it uh, on stats international wise, performances. Right? Absolutely, no contest. Yeah, not just stats. Actual, I think, commitment. Uh, I mean, you, you use the word carries. He has carried them yeah. um, in the recent past. And uh, actually, I, th I thought about um, his role when uh, Portugal beat France in the last Euro final uh, when he got injured, was taken off and then sort of tried to manage the team from the sidelines, didn't he? Pointing. <laughs> and I was reminded of this when you when you mentioned Pogba pointing. I think Pogba's, Pogba's already auditioning for a manager's job. <laughs> but the, the difference between the two is that Ronaldo waited until he was taken off the field. Pogba remained on the field <laughs> and was doing it. Didn't want the ball. Um, anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, Ronaldo, absolutely. He's, he's been great for Portugal. And, I mean, he's, he's an absolute national hero. Uh, and Messi isn't quite that in Argentina. Hmm. No. But I still think that of the two, I, I would still uh, give, it, give the nod to Messi uh, on pure talent. On pure talent. I mean, he is a genius. Uh, Ronaldo is a self-made great player. Yeah. I mean, he when he started at United, we were we were thinking, wow, you know, yes, this this guy has got something. But we never thought he was going to be this good, did we? Not in a million years. I, I, read, one of, yeah, I read somewhere that flashy Man, winger. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that Man United tried to to give Mason Greenwood the Ronaldo blueprint. And of course, that doesn't work for mere human beings because they have to live, breathe, eat, and do other stuff as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, all right, let's touch on this rumor this week that Ronaldo, 35, back to Man United. Can he still do a job in the Premier League, do you think, Des? He's a terrific talent. So, um, yes, why he would choose to go to a, a bottom, bottom half club in England, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. All right, let's uh, go to a United <laughs> fan. Craig, uh, does that excite you, being a Man United fan? Uh, yeah, I think with this, uh, there was a rumour floating about, I think it was last year, um, or uh, a couple of years, you know, where there was a possibility of this happening. I wasn't too keen, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Um, but in saying that, if you're going to go out and get Cavani, um, albeit on a free, 
Um, you know, Andy Pavlovich and Falcao. Follows the line, huh? Uh, yeah, but they, they weren't at the same age um, at the time. Oh, I wish Ibra uh, stayed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Falcao was a lot younger. I mean, if you think about Henrik Larsson and, and things like that, then, yeah, I mean, it's just the wages. You know, can you justify paying him, you know, what he wants at that age? Um, is he going to start in that team? I mean, for whatever, 400 grand a week or whatever he's on, you know, he needs to be playing every week, every game. Is the Premier League too demanding for him? You know, if you base it on the Champions League and how he performs there, well, it doesn't look like it's a problem. You know, he, he might he might be 35, but, you know, he plays like he's 30 years old. Um, he could do a job. Can he do a job? Yes, he can do a job. Would I want to see him at United? For sentimental reasons, yes. Um, but it's a step but backwards. Do I think... Do I think he can do a job? Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure uh, with the financial sense of things and everything. All right. Group A3, Portugal versus France, Sunday, 3.45 a.m. That one kicks off. Uh, the other Group A3 match is Sweden versus Croatia, also Sunday, 3.45 a.m. Uh, in Group A4, this is the best group, actually. It contains Spain and Germany. It's been quite competitive. Um Switzerland versus Spain is, is first up. Um, a word about this, this new breed of Spain that we're seeing here, Des Corkill. That, does it excite you? I mean... Not in the same way. No. Um, so, What's, no missing? Answer, What's missing? What's missing? I know what you mean. They, they're very efficient. <laughs> they, they're good to watch, but they're lacking that something from before, right? So, so, so the star quality of Xavi and, and Iniesta was just sensational, and they, they, they had this. They were able to build around them, and good players, good players in every position, but world-class, brilliant players in those, those very important uh, positions, and good strikers, of course. Uh, the current team, yeah, they're, 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 I suppose they're very Spanish. They're technically very solid. They're, they're nice to look at. It's uh, a lot of pass, passing. They're trying to be sometimes a little bit more direct, but. They're missing that genuine, genuine world class. The opponent, Switzerland, uh, bottom of Group A4 with two points. They've had two impressive draws against Germany, so no mean feat there. Uh, Spain need to avoid defeat here. They drew 1 1 with the Netherlands in a friendly, Craig, in, in midweek. Um, Who do you fancy here, Switzerland or Spain? Um, you got to go with Spain. I mean, it's it's top versus bottom, isn't it? Um, it's 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 an easy call to make. Um, I, I, I do think it's not going to be easy for Spain. Um, but but as they said, you know, it's not the same Spanish squad that we saw. You know, dominating world football, um, both on world level and European level. Um, and you know, and, and I agree with this. You know, there's no world class players in that team, um, but they have very good players. And if they do turn up, you know, they, they're good enough to beat a lot of those countries out there. So, um, you know, we, we, we're talking, you know, where we say they're not the same Spain. I mean, that Spain was on a different planet, different planet, you know, and, and I don't know if we'll ever see something like that again. Um, but, you know, at a very good level, they're good enough to beat anyone on their day. So they're still a world force. Don't get me wrong. Um, this should be an easy win for Spain. All right. Spain, Switzerland, Sunday, 3.45 a.m. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue with Group A4 and look at the Germans. Stay tuned. Lovely football. Speed of that little passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. 
two-goal lead, a picture for goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back, back with Craig, back with Bob, and with Des looking at the UEFA Nations League happening over the weekend. We spoke about Switzerland versus Spain in Group A4. Also in that group are the Germans. Germany versus Ukraine is also a Sunday, 3.45 a.m. kickoff. Die Mannschaft are unbeaten in their last seven at home. The Ukraine have lost the last three away. But they've started late, Bob, in, in this Nations League. They didn't get very good results at the start. Uh, but slowly, they, they're coming into it. Because they are the Germans, aren't they, at the end of the day? Uh, yeah, it was uh, amazing to hear that they only registered their first win in this entire tournament um, a, a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, they did disastrously um, in the first incarnation of it um, as Joachim Lowe was experimenting uh, after the um, World Cup debacle. Uh, I mean, I think he was a bit fortunate to keep his job, frankly. Um, and he uh, made some controversial decisions in cutting people out, ending their international careers, basically, such as Thomas Muller. Um, and he's, uh, he certainly hasn't ended his club career, has he? Um, one or two like that. But they do have some very good young players and they're coming along. And as you say, they're the Germans and uh, they may not be favourites to win this tournament, but they're going to be thereabouts. And they've won tournaments before when they've not been favourites or anywhere near favourites. So you never write them off. I mean, they do occasionally have their blips, as we saw in the World Cup in Russia, uh, and they look pretty miserable in that altogether. But, um, you know, they won't go two tournaments in a row with um, uh, that sort of performance. So even if Lowe is fortunate to be there, um, they'll get it together. I, I've no doubt about that. And then I think a word for Shevchenko, the um, Ukraine manager here. I think he's doing a pretty good job, actually, Andrei mm. Shevchenko. Um, I mean, it's uh, he, he was obviously the, the king, wasn't he, of, of Ukraine football? But you never saw star. him. You never, ever saw no. him as a manager, did you? Let's no, face. you didn't. I mean, he, he, he became a golfer. I mean, he's, he's second only to Gareth Bale in, in his interest in golf. He was always on the golf course towards the end of his career. And he didn't seem to take it that seriously. Took the money at Chelsea. It was way past his best. But he's an all-round good bloke. And it's good to see him um, doing okay with, uh, with Ukraine. I mean, um, they, got a, they got a good result um, last time out, didn't they? Um, and uh, they could give Germany a, a decent game here, I think. Did Shevchenko run for FIFA or UEFA as well? Did he? Yes, he did. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Des, a word about this, this Diamantshaft side. I mean, you look at, you look at, you got, they got Werner, they got Cruz, they got Leroy Sane, Kimmich, amazing players. They just roll off your tongue. They do football right, don't they, the Germans? Yeah, from my generation, there was the old phrase is that 16 teams turn much to the World Cup and Germany win. Um, <laughs> it's the old one. And the, there's, there's the feeling that it's going to come back again because they just reinvent people. 
So Werner, Goretzka, Havertz and uh, Serge Gnabry, who, um, th- th- that's a fearsome front four. Defensively, they can play three at the back. They can play four at the back. They've got Kimmich, who can just about dominate everything. They've still got Cruz. They've got young players coming in. They've used, I think it's 25, 26 players in this, uh, in this Nations League group. And, and they're still unbeaten. Um, one win and three draws. They, they are an, inexer- an inexorable machine that just keeps on producing quality. Not particularly exciting quality, I will say, but quality. Or, but not, saying, boring. Uh, not, not boring. Not they, boring. They go out and try. They're, they're very functional. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, there's a little bit of a lack of flamboyance if you, you do want to criticise, but uh, they're, 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 they're great. If, if I wasn't born British, I would have been happy to have been born German. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be wearing the other helmet on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joachim Love so far justified in his exclusion of of uh, Thomas Muller, you got to say. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the Dutch a little bit. Holland are in action uh, against Bosnia. They're in Group A1. They drew with Spain on Wednesday night, Craig. Uh, Donny van der Beek scoring also coming out afterwards and saying yes i would like to play more for man united of course i would shock horror new signing wants to play more for his club <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i think every footballer will be in the same boat you know um name me a footballer who doesn't want to be playing every week um well that that's club football let's let's leave that aside um international football yeah they, they, they've done all right you know um i think it's been tough for the dutch i think they've won a very good pathway um, under Koeman, um, you know, they, they're going on the right, you know, after, you know, missing out on, on World Cup and things like that. You know, they were very, um, they're, they're a powerhouse, aren't they? Uh, so they had to go back, reset, um, and then they, they, they start the new wave, um, a new crop of youngsters coming through. Um, and, and you know, it was going to plan under, under Koeman. Then the whole Barcelona thing happened. Um, and, and it's just, halted their, their progress a little bit. Um, and I think it's De Boer now, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, under De Boer, it hasn't quite uh, got off. But, you know, like a new manager that comes in, they need time. Uh, he needs a bit of time. He doesn't have a great record. I mean, Palace, obviously, is is the one um, that, that, that will stick out. But, you know, I think he's, he, he deserves to be given time. He's going to have his own ideas. Um, I think when he came in, he probably didn't want to change too much. But now, as, as time goes on, he wants to implement. There'll be certain plays that don't feature under him uh, that, that he won't like. Um, but I think the last result against Spain was a, was a good result. It, it shows that, OK, you know, whilst first few results weren't that good, we're, we're, we're coming on now. And, and this is how I want to play football. This is, this is my philosophy in there. So he started to stamp his, his idea of the game on it. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I really like the Dutch squad under Koeman. So um, I thought they're really building onto something, something similar to, um, you know, when we talk about Germany, mm. uh, resetting and, and getting a new new wave in. Um, and I thought the Dutch were one course to do that. Yeah. All right. Netherlands, Bosnia is a Monday 1am kickoff. That's Group A1. Also from Group A1, Italy will be taking on Poland. That's a Monday 3.45 a.m. kickoff. In Group A2, it's Belgium against England. Belgium are the world's number one ranked side. Uh, beat Switzerland on Wednesday night thanks to two goals from Crystal Palace man, Mitri Batshuayi. We spoke about England's uh, friendly 3-0 win over the Republic. 
Um, in fact, Belgium's last defeat, Bob, uh, in their they're on some run at the moment. Twenty three home games uh, they've won, eighteen of those matches, twenty three undefeated. The last time they lost was against England. Funnily enough, do England have a chance? Will they make a fight of this? Yes, uh, I think so. England have got a, a, a fairly decent team now, quite young, um, and some quite exciting players in there. And in fact, uh, Gareth Southgate's problem is who who he picks. Uh, that's always a positive um, when you when you're not quite sure. Uh, you've got so many top guys competing for the same position. Um, so. Yes, uh, I think they've got a good chance. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter. It's it's away from home, but the you know it, these days it doesn't make uh, hardly any difference. I think, um, and uh, they did well against them in the um, the reverse fixture uh, at uh, Wembley. Uh, Harry Kane was rested. Uh, he was sitting up in the stands for the the friendly there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, to think you've got someone of the caliber of Calvert-Lewin to come on, who yeah. even uh, impersonates Kane when he takes a penalty um, <laughs> with that stuttering run. Yeah. It seems quite effective. It's a way of um, building up speed without actually going anywhere, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, a very confident guy and not overawed in the least by international football. So that's what you want. So, um, yeah, it doesn't mean, I mean, uh, a year or so ago if Harry Kane got injured I mean heads went down that was the end of things but with someone like Calvert-Lewin to replace him it, it might not be the end of the world and that's the case in quite a few positions I mean yeah. you've got Raheem Sterling you've got Jadon Sancho we've talked about Grealish and Mount uh, the back you've got Tyrone Mings Maguire Michael Keane uh, goalkeeping yeah, loads a of little bit of a question mark loads of goalkeepers yeah. But uh, they didn't have much chance to prove themselves last night because they hardly had a shot to save. That was Nick Pope for um, uh, one uh, one half. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Pickford uh, doesn't come back because Southgate <laughs> seems to seems to like him um, for the for the big game. So uh, I, I think England have got a, a you know a fair chance of this. All right, definitely. I know Des Corkill won't care because there are no more Liverpool players to get injured. <laughs> but, but, I mean, what do you think about this England side? Do they have any chance of international glory, you reckon? So this is an important game. Um, if England don't win, there's a very good chance that they won't progress to the next phases. So uh, Gareth Southgate will be judged upon this. So the idea of the friendly was to put them into a position where they are able to take on a team ranked higher than them who beat them in the uh, third and fourth place playoff in the... Uh, in, in the last championship. So this is, uh, I think, very important for England. Yes, they've got a number of players coming through. Going back to the, I don't think Will, uh, Winks and um, Mount is a strong midfield for England. I think good teams would really get the better of that midfield. But elsewhere, England do look fairly strong. Saying that, I think Lukaku is just a beast. And any defender <laughs> you put up against him, if Lukaku gets a chance to run at you one-on-one, then there's a major problem. And I that, think that, Harry that, Maguire that. will police him nicely. <laughs> well, that's, that's just the danger because I, I can see England needing to score two, possibly even three goals to win this game. And they're capable of doing this, but it's a proper international match. It really is yeah. a proper international match. Looking forward to it because there's something on the line. Effectively, winner goes through. 
effectively. Brilliant stuff. Belgium, England is at 3.45 a.m. kickoff on Monday. We'll have a show Monday night to talk about all those games. For now, hopefully, we've set you up nicely for the weekend ahead. I say thank you to Craig Marias then. Thank you very much. Thanks to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the football. And I know, Des, there's no more Malaysian football to talk about for the rest of this year. Uh, That's sad. That's very sad. And um, I'm a foreigner. I come and I try to enjoy the football. I cannot influence it, but I just do not understand. I do not comprehend how that decision was made because the MFL, to their credit, put a huge amount of store into uh, SOPs, into making sure that everything was done. In charge of broadcast, every, every interview that was done, we had sanitizer there. We, we worked incredibly, incredibly hard as a group, as a broadcast group, as an organization to, to, to make sure that our SOPs were very, very strong. There's been uh, no uh, cases or no clusters whatsoever. And I just find the decision an incomprehensible one. There's nothing I can do against it. I'm not saying that, that there's any agendas from anybody, but I just do not understand And that, I think, to most football fans, um, never mind of those of us who are affected by it, but to most football fans, is there's got to be some logic, some genuine logic behind the decision. Preventing uh, JDT traveling to Qatar, I I don't understand. Somebody, please. Yeah, to, we, we, to we literally can do another show on that. And um, yeah, but I mean, well, stay safe, everybody. Thanks, guys, for your contribution tonight. Uh, everybody, have a great weekend. Spot you Monday. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.